Blog Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive evening. Mind the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. You gotta spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness challenges and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute. And today, I'm so very excited because um, our show topic um, for today is uh, Leadership Anatomy 101, uh, Anatomy of a Business. And uh, today, we are going to learn uh, how to be better leaders by exploring the creative use of body part metaphors to examine our leadership capabilities. Um, I'd like to welcome Patty Sadala, Dream Partner Catalyst, and Dwayne Wade, who is uh, affectionately known as as Dr. Wu of Wade Associates um, and Director of Development Services. So welcome, welcome, welcome um, to our show today, both of you. Hello, are you there? Good morning. I was Good busy morning. dancing to the open music, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Good morning and yeah, welcome, Katrina, welcome. Can you mute me? I, I, you are. I, oh, yes, we hear you. Yeah, we hear you, Patty. Yeah, we hear you. I wasn't sure if, if, if I got back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're here, Patty. I want to thank you both for being on our show today. And um, so, Patty, um, ladies first, I would like for you to uh, introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and what you do. And then, Dwayne, um, I'd like you to, to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Okay, well, I'm Patty Sadala. Um and I, uh, I'm the Dream Partner Catalyst. I, I help move uh, individuals, nonprofits, and small business owners toward their dream visions. And, um, and I am the original creator of Leadership Anatomy. So I thought I would just share that real quick, and then we'll, and and how Dwayne got involved with this with me, and then he can pick it up from there. But um, the Leadership Anatomy model is probably close to 20 years old, but it uh, it was originally called the Body of Skills for Leading Change, and there were six body parts that I originally um, came up with, and it was just a sort of a silly uh, 
when it hit me at first, I thought it was sort of a too simple, too obvious um, of a model, but then um, it just made a lot of sense. And basically, it's just um, looking at the human body parts, and everybody knows what each of those functions do for the body. So, it, so when you apply those metaphorically to um, a business, uh, it's an easy model to remember. So I had started off. Um, uh, you know, writing a, a an assessment and a and a sh- and a short little book on those six body parts, and had never published it. And you know, Dwayne and I met. Um, I guess it's oh my gosh, I don't know, maybe ten or eleven years ago now. And um, and just uh, and he he uh, read it and thought it was really cool, and it kind of re-energized me for the model. And we started our own blog talk radio show, and then wanted to keep going so we added seven more body parts. <laughs> so wow. Right now there are 14 body parts and um and that's wow. kind of me and and Dr. Wu. All right, good morning. Good morning. I'm I'm so excited to be here again, Katrina. Thank you. Um I am the director of compassionate care services for a nonprofit based in Birmingham and Chattanooga. So I do a lot of grief counseling work. I do work with trauma victims like tornado survivors and other trauma victims. I do uh, work with combat injured vets and their families and some other kinds of counseling Mm -hmm. things. And then I'm also the director of executive development services. So I do executive coaching, junior executive coaching, board development, junior board development, co-mentoring group for CEOs, and so on and so on. So I, I have the best of both worlds. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, when um i i met patty when she had uh, when she had um uh, started the redwood sisterhood and mm-hmm. um right. and that's when i got introduced to leadership anatomy um you know 101 and you know listening to how i could uh develop my leadership skills and and comparing it to different parts of, of of the body, I just, um, it just made so much sense. Um, you know, when I would listen to the analogies, it would just make so much sense. So, um, you know, I would like for, um, for you both to um, explain to our audience um, a, a, just a brief synopsis, because I know that you both go into, um, you have workshops actually on each of the body parts that, um, you know, that you talk about. But for our purposes today, I'd like for um, our listening audience uh, to ha- to be introduced to, uh, you know, Leadership Anatomy. And if you could give us a brief synopsis of the different body parts um, and what they, how they represent leadership, that, that would be great. Sure. I'll, I'll start and... Uh... And then, Dwayne, you, you pick up the last one. Um, well, first of all, everybody is a leader. So we just, you know, wanted to say that, you know, uh, in any role that you have, uh, if you're a, a stay-at-home mom or, or, or you know, work at the, at the lowest level of, a, of a, an organization, you're still a leader. And so we all need to do all of these things, but each of us are gifted differently um, to do some of these areas we're really strong in and some that we're not so strong in. So 
it's kind of what we've also done as part of what we we teach with this model is to is for people to self assess or organizations to assess strengths and weaknesses and um and that way you know you know how because the job of leadership incorporates all fourteen of these functions. So uh, we'll just kind of look at them. These are actually alphabetical, so there's, they're not in any order of importance, but um, the, the body parts that we're talking about. The first is brain, which represents creative thinking and strategic thinking. There are two sort of areas that the brain covers when we talk about it as a metaphor. One has to do with, um, with how creative we can uh, solve problems, but the other has to do with our mindsets and our attitudes um, of the brain that just either can launch us forward or limit us. So part of what we're talking about is just, you know, what are your, what, how can your limiting thoughts be closing your mind to some creative mm-hmm. options or possibilities, right? So that that's sort of what we work on when we talk about the brain. The ears, obviously... What they help us do in our body is help us listen. And listening is a huge skill for leaders and uh, meeting people where they are, making sure people know that they've been heard and truly um, listening without the filter of what you expect to hear is critically important for for the ears. The eyes have to do with the vision. And we talk about how it is quite capable to see the future in the present. The present has clues for us. And it aids in planning and setting um, forth the uh, future of an organization, how important it is for everyone in an organization and for you as a human being to know um, where you're going so that you can set that in motion with your actions today. The hands are about being a servant leader the hands represent service, and that organizationally talks about customer service and putting the customer first and helping them know how important they are and being super clear about who you're, uh, who it is you're serving and what exactly they need. Uh, the heart is about value-driven mission and purpose and passion, and it's really about the what is the guiding value that drives your organization forward? Um, why are you doing what you're doing? Who are you impacting? How is it, um, you know, blessing people um, that you are serving, or just blessing people in general or communities in general that you're do that you or personally or organizationally are doing what you're doing. <laughs> The feet and legs talk about congruence, walking the talk, being consistent, and um, that that, that what you say you are is what you are, and it's about authenticity and and just having a firm foundation of knowing exactly where you're going. And so we talk about direction, we talk about consistency, we talk about balance, and uh, stuff related to feet and legs. And the mouth is about your voice, communication, what messages um, are you sending, whether you realize it or not, you know, and in that session, it's really about, your, you know, you cannot not communicate. A dead person is communicating deadness. So mm-hmm. you, there are a lot of messages that you are not ava- quite aware you're sending, so being a clear 
about what the um, what the messages are you're sending, being intentional about them, and making sure that um, that you are uh, consistently sending the message that you want. <clears throat> and we talk about communication and uh, and systems for communication to make sure that everybody knows what they need to know uh, about what's going on. So those are the first <laughs> seven. Dwayne. Okay. Um, the next one is neck, and for neck we talk about leadership in the sense of flexibility and control. If you think about how our neck serves us, first of all, it holds up a lot of the body parts that Patty just described, so it's really mm-hmm. crucial in terms of its strength of being a foundation piece. Uh, it's also, if, if, when we look around, when we're able to look around as leaders, we see what's going on, we're willing to see, and we can make course corrections if we need to. We can take advantage of new situations. Um, at the same time, we can look straight ahead, and if we don't exercise the mm-hmm. periphery vision, peripheral vision, um, then we may get stuck and may miss opportunities, may miss trends, may miss a crisis that's coming down the path. So that's about the neck. The nose, um, as you would imagine, is about sniffing out opportunities, being willing to look at potential services, potential products in new ways, uh, maybe some that are within the organization that can be used differently, maybe creating some new ones. It might be looking at mergers and acquisitions. Is there another organization that it makes sense for that leader to adopt um, or to take control of? Um, in it requires, obviously, stepping out of that proverbial box. Now, Patty always says to me, have you ever seen the box? I'm, I'm working <laughs> on it, Patty, truly. I'm working on it. But so far, I've not seen it. Where I is think, this box people keep yeah, talking I, about? I looked on Amazon to see if I could order one, but I couldn't find one. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Shoulders. Shoulders as in our bodies. Leaders bear the responsibility for decisions, for judgment, um, and for coping. And so the shoulders are crucial in and it's looking at in terms of our leadership, again like Patty said, in our household, in our community, in our organization, how are we holding up? And are we taking on responsibility that is not ours? Are we willing to have people put the monkey on our back, so to speak, so that we take their problems on um, and that causes us to get round-shouldered or collapse, not be able to bear up under the weight. So this is a wow. really fun one, and I know that we will talk more about this one today. Okay. okay. Um, stomach. Stomach is about guts and courage and risk-taking um, when it comes to leadership, and it's really looking, we talk about it in terms of the balance between being brave and being foolish, uh, and all of us in life situations um, where our leadership was tested about is this the time to take on the fight or not and how should we do it if we do it so uh, it's exploring our courage it's trusting our innate ability to know when things are not quite right and when things are very right the next one is space Um, and for us it's about brand so um, your brand my brand is the face that that we communicate to other people, to the community, to other organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talk about being intentional about what, what is the the brand that we are and have um, mm-hmm. so that we can be clear with people and that will invite the right kind of 
customers, the right kind of contacts, the right kind of employees that we want uh, because we've we've been clear about our brand. The next one is skeleton. Uh, skeleton is about the infrastructure. So it's about looking at the organization, the roles, the responsibilities that keep the organization going, um, and what's required in terms of management and what's required in terms of leadership so that there's maximum productivity and, and uh, um, you know, the systems are working well and, and are adaptable. And then the last one is the circulatory system. And we think of that in terms of sales, sales as in revenues and profits, not just the sales force, but it's the lifeblood. It's what keeps the organization alive and going and able to um, be profitable, to expand, to change. Um, so that's the, the circulatory system and how we would approach it in terms of leadership. Wow. There you go. Okay. Um, you know, as you two are talking um, about these different body parts, you know, I keep thinking to myself, um, I keep seeing how it can be used for individuals. You know, if I want to look at myself as a leader, um, you know, what areas, um, you know, what what makes me, and I wanted to strengthen just in myself my leadership capacities or my leadership abilities, um, you know, I, this seems to be a really great model for me to use um, individually uh, to strengthen my, my leadership capacity. But also I keep thinking collectively, um, you know, collectively as well. Um, it just seems like such a great model. Um, and I think that's so important because everybody doesn't see themselves as being a leader. Um, right. You know, everybody yeah, doesn't see themselves as being a leader. And, um, you know, so, you know, and I, I guess, you know, I, I guess that um, is a question that 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 I would pose. Mm, you know, we all we are all leaders because we all have influence in in exactly. someone's life. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to give us um, a brief definition of what a leader you know what leadership is or what a leader is, and then. Um, you know, how does that relate to, to all of us? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll take a stab at that, and then and then if okay. you wanted to to do the same thing, Dwayne. Um, first of all, one of the things I think is really cool about this model is that they're um, interdependent body parts. Mm-hmm. We don't walk around as just eyes, or just a stomach, mm-hmm. or just lips, whatever, mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. a whole body. And so what I like about that is it shows that there isn't, a, even though there are functional differences between the body parts, we need them all to get through life, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, so that's 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 part of what's cool about, about this. And, and leadership for me, is defined as um, intentionally uh, being aware and being responsible with your influence. Mm 
<laughs> on others in, on others in your uh, in your sphere of influence. So every parent, I, I mean, everybody who's a parent, my goodness, that is a huge leadership responsibility. And the more mm-hmm. um, we take responsibility, it, it has so much to do with responsibility. Um, and a lot of these body parts, you can see how there's an into integration. If you're if you're doing shoulders right, you're not going to have any um, conscience gut issues in your stomach. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so uh, you won't have the moral dilemmas if you're doing one thing right. You know, one body part affects the others. So, for example, just you know and taking responsibility for yourself as a person. You know, you look at these role you look at these people who are sports um icons or movie and T V icons and they say, Oh, what I or even politicians that say, Well what I do is my business. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. People are looking at you. Mm-hmm. You have so leadership yeah. has to do with an to me it's about intentional take an, intentionally taking responsibility and being aware of the influence you have and who that circle of influence is and just being being with integrity uh doing the best you can um that's that's my take what what's yours Dwayne? well i i agree wholeheartedly the only thing i would add to that is about alignment i always think about uh personally and in a group and at the organizational level uh, is my thinking are my thinking, my beliefs, my feelings, my attitudes, and my values aligned? And so in this case, how I would translate that is, is my body aligned? Is everything doing what it's supposed to do, can do, to maximize its working order? So that's what I would add. Wow. You know what you just made me think, Dwayne? There's there's going to be no stopping us now, Katrina, for real. <laughs> We could do we could do a whole thing on prevention, wellness, and chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is about self care. You know, it's about yes. self care. Yeah, when you That's think right. about the body, you know, the whole goal of 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 um, of having a um, a life that is uh, quality is about you know being healthy and, and and being in alignment, and it's no different from business. Right. You know, you Katrina, I can, if I can add, mm-hmm. you know, Patty is really modest in her brilliance of, of this model and the development of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things Gosh, that we that's... find works so well is that mm-hmm. people have bodies, of course, so they get it. This is, a, this is especially since so many yeah. of us are visually oriented, we know what a head is, and we know what eyes do and what mm-hmm. a nose does or should do. Yeah. And so it's so simple in presentation, it's profound in its uh, ability to teach. Yes. Yes. And and um, um Dwayne, that that's a great lead in to my next question. Um you know, um tell us the story of where this model came from. Well and uh, Perry, I'll have mm-hmm. to tell you the story because it came from uh, it, it's been so long. Honestly, it, it hap- I, I got it when I was a very, very new consultant. Um, I discovered uh, something with my first partner, John Keeney, who's now deceased. 
and this is how I remember how old this is because he was still alive, uh, giving me feedback about the model when we came up with it. But but it was through that encounter with him that I discovered um, that I had the ability to see. Uh, I didn't know until almost five years ago that this is called graphic literacy, but I have uh, the ability to create models and tools and constructs, and I was able to to pull from uh, something he was doing uh, innately and intuitively and, and, and draw it as a model, and that was the first model that, that um, I ever had a hand in creating, and it was called the Management Success Sequence, which is now adapted to the dream success sequence that I use in my own um, dream partner catalyst uh, practice. But mm-hmm. um, but there, I don't remember the actual inspiration of the body. I just remember journaling out, uh, you know, one day after working with some man, uh, metal forming folks um, mm-hmm. that were struggling with leadership, um, mm-hmm. just body parts and just journaling it out and 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 I was almost embarrassed to share it with John at the time mm-hmm. and and he told me that there was just a lot of wisdom in it and we drew like this this like outline of a person and and just drew the little little pieces to it and of course John was like the sex organs are missing Patty which I was too modest to ever put in and I know that you you know <laughs> Um, You've heard Dwayne that twice has, uh, now, haven't you, Patty? Yeah, I know, Dwayne. So <laughs> um, I give her anyway, a hard time uh, about that all I the time. I do remember him giving me that feedback and him telling me that there was a simplicity but um, but a wisdom to it. And, um, and, and then I wrote this thing and it sat in a cupboard. And then Dwayne and I met. Um, and actually, this is the cool uh, woo-woo story. Do you want to tell that or do you want me to? No, you tell it. I think you should pick up the <laughs> the how you I'll pick up how we met and then and then you pick it up from there. But um so I was teaching a class um uh with this woman that if you've ever seen the weakest link, she is that original <laughs> British lady to every physical and every detail. She's just like a clone of that woman that you are the weakest link. Bye bye. That lady, and I was her co-trainer, and it was a punishing experience to be her right. co-trainer. And and, uh, and Dwayne was in the class, and he was such a friendly <laughs> face in the audience. He just there was just this humor about him and this encouragement about him, and I just was gravitated for almost like a healing balm, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And after that class, we stayed in contact, and um, and uh, Dwayne, pick it up about how how the book. The uh, the uh, Monty books showed up, and then how we wound up doing the the Leadership Anatomy blog talk show. Oh mm-hmm. well, because my brain is organized. Lord knows how it's organized, but it's not the same as the rest of y'all. Um, I I was with some executive coaching clients, actually a couple uh, executives, uh, husband and wife, that I had coached individually, and um, we had become friends as well, and their uh, they had at that point that we met a nine-month-old baby uh, and a um, chocolate Labrador puppy that at nine months old was 100 pounds already. He grew to be 135, <laughs> 140 pounds. So okay. there were always stories about um, uh, this dog. And 
at brunch one time, I said, you know, somebody really needs to write a book like Clifford the Big Red Dog, but about Monty. And I came away from there. So remember, I'm an old guy, and I'm thinking, I wonder what that's like for the baby to have this giant dog around her and his big old tail swinging and drooling on her mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So um, I engaged Patty's daughter, who was seven when we started, to do seven. the illustrations. Yeah, seven. And yeah. so uh, we ended up writing two children's books uh, that got published, and Noelle, her daughter, um, illustrated both of the books. They are fantastic. So uh-huh. I, I would just simply call Cleveland and say, okay, Noelle, this is what I'm working on, and she would she would create the perfect picture. She's an amazing wow. yeah. child. Yeah, um, uh, and she was eight for the second book, and yeah. we're recently having a resurgence of of interest in that in that particular book. So good. And then I, I went on. She Noelle kind of retired from that because she had so many other wonderful things going on. So I wrote a third book, uh, Monty book, uh, and gave it to the child that I wrote it about, and to the family. Went up to Nashville mm-hmm. and did that. So that was cool. It was Monty goes to, moves to a new city. So that was great fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just want to share one thing about how Dwayne got coined Dr. Woo Woo, and then we'll move on to the Cause, body cause part. I was going to ask, because <laughs> I was going to ask that, because sometimes I'm saying, okay, well, well, Dwayne, and then I know him as Dr. Woo Woo through you, right. Patty. So, yes, explain that to us. <laughs> okay, well, you know, um, National Training Labs, NTL, is um, the organization that I got my master's through and was the organization I was co-teaching this class that um, Dwayne showed up at, and and we were one day just talking about NTL can get um, very over the top um, in our in our world. It's like woo woo. We talk about woo woo as being so creative that that people are sort of like going whoa. I mean, there was a class called Centering that I took not that that weekend, but where they just gave you a rock and they made you walk around and go, this is my rock. It was just like crazy, crazy stuff, and that. <laughs> That's what woo-woo is in our field, like, oh, that's just so out there and so crazy. So I was talking to um, I was talking to Dwayne about, about woo-woo-ness in the field of organization development, and he goes, hey, that's what I'm all about. And he started telling me how he was able to do wildly creative things. And I remember he introduced himself. We had this at that class. They said, what is your archetype? And he introduced himself as the court jester because he was able to uh, make the king laugh but still not get his head cut off. And he was able to do things that were so crazy but really moved totally, totally in art. So he gave me a new respect for for woo-woo when it's done right, and I know it's not like my Mm. thing to be able to do that kind of stuff right, but it's totally his gifting. So I called him Dr. Woo-Woo, like right at that class, and the, it stuck. I mean, he's still called that in other circles. Right. So, I have people up. calling me, asking me for some Woo-Woo ideas. And I have business <laughs> cards, laminated 4 by 6 Dr. Woo-Woo business cards. That is cool. That is very cool. Oh, so very no, it's crazy, really Katrina. Don't humor me, it's crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so there we go. That's okay. That's cool. So I've I've had executives do some of the most incredible public things where you go, no way. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I like living on the edge, and that's what it's about. 
the other piece that connects Patty and me, I also learn best mm-hmm. and I think others learn best from models. In fact, one of my goals for this year is to create four new learning models. And uh, mm-hmm. um, so this this Leadership Anatomy 101 just was perfect timing and the perfect way to look at uh, how to do our work. Okay. All right. And um, now, now uh, Dr. Wu Wu, that is a great lead into my next question um, because I want to ask I want to ask you both to talk a little bit about uh, the Blog Talk Radio show that you had, where you introduced um, body each body part of you of your um, leadership anatomy. Um, so please talk talk to us about that. And I know that um, for those of us who are interested, we can access those um, archives. So you know, tell us a little bit about about your the blog talk show that you did. That you both did. Well, I I concern. I would say that it, for me, it was a teaching conversation. That was our intention to have a teaching conversation okay. that focused once a month for an hour on a specific body part and how that relates to leadership. Um, and so the the general format, Katrina, was that we would open the show, introduce ourselves quickly. Um, if if we had, uh, you know, we would remind people the previous month, the, the body part that we worked on was such and such, uh, and today we're going to work on this body part. Um, so that was the introduction. We would then start out with my very favorite part, right, Patty? of mm-hmm. language about the body part. So um, common expressions that we use um, worldwide that would introduce you know, or talk about this body part. And then we would get into the meat and bones. We might do an exercise online. We would have a discussion more in-depth about leadership and how this body part is an analogy for that or a metaphor for that. And we would mm-hmm. close the show with do's and don'ts. So there are things that you do regarding this body part, things that you don't. So the the body part theme was throughout, but always with a focus on how does that relate to leadership development. Awesome. So, yeah. so uh, almost almost like a um, it sounds like it was almost like a workshop. A yeah. One-hour yeah, workshop exactly. on yeah. this. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Did have interactive mm-hmm. um, exercises peppered in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow, absolutely amazing. Um wow. So, um what what I'd like to do, um I'd like for you uh, both to talk about um an, a specific body part um in a little bit more detail so that we can kind of get a flavor of um um of how it relates to leadership. And I know Patty, you're going to do a body part, and then uh, Dr. Wu Wu, you're going to do a body part for us. Right. All right. Cool. Okay. Which one did you want, Dwayne? You start, <laughs> and I'll do the other one. <laughs> oh, okay. How, how about you know? I've got more juice for the stomach of the leader. Okay. Can we do it? Okay. Can we start with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, just a reminder again. We're, we're talking about the stomach of the leader, and the, the metaphor there is uh, discussing the balance between uh, what Peter Block describes as non-suicidal acts of courage, uh, knowing when it's appropriate to be brave and when it, you know, when it is foolish. So all of us in our 
leadership roles uh, have had situations come up where we had to make a good decision, hopefully made a good decision, about is this the time to confront this issue? Is this the time to speak the truth? Is this uh, an issue of ethics? Is this something about our values that we will not um, fall back, I mean, that we won't pull away from? So very Mm -hmm. tough times that leaders go through, whether it's in parenting or whether it's in, you know, being leader in a major, major organization. So the language about the stomach includes, and, and we're looking at the stomach being the emotional gauge. So when we talk about using our gut, trusting our gut, which a lot of people, I find, don't do, sort of doubt creeps in, they don't trust, you know, but their gut really will serve them well. So things like, Sick to my stomach. You have guts. It doesn't feel right in my gut. I can't stomach it. Stomach of iron. I am so hungry. Not in my stomach. Makes my stomach turn. No guts. No glory. I don't want to have to eat my words. She can't swallow that. So we could go on and on. And Patty will stop me if I take if I do one more phrase. Right, Patty. <laughs> It's a it's so, a amusing addiction of his, actually. It is. <laughs> <laughs> she just tells me to stop. Anyway, so we're, we're talking about courage in the in the workplace, um, mm-hmm. and that can be in saying it can be in in terms of our great leadership giving feedback. A lot of the work that Patty and I do requires us to give direct and clear and honest feedback sometimes to leaders who've never had that, uh, who have surrounded themselves with people that just say, yes, everything's fine, you're great, you're wonderful, and behind the scenes they're going, crap, I can't wait to get out of here. Um, Sometimes it's the the logistical things about you have to be here at this time for your work or you have to uh, abide by this dress code or um, you cannot... Uh, accept gifts from clients, you know, those kinds of things of setting limits, setting good boundaries, and having the courage to step out there when it's uncomfortable for, you know, me and for you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and about knowing in our gut, trusting our gut, these are the things that are, that are right for being an effective leader. Uh, so back to Patty's word, intentional, which I really like. It's about intentionally um, leading in a way that protects and offers the chance for everyone to thrive. Wow. And, you know, I think that um, is really interesting. And as you were speaking about the, the stomach of a of a leader, the word fear um, came into my mind. And, you know, so often, um, you know, we don't want to go against the grain or, you know, so often to stand up and um, be honest about something, um, about something that you see or something that you just know, intuitively know it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it does take a lot of courage. It does. Um, and, and, a, and, a, and a, you know, some somewhat, you know, risk, uh, you know, a risk to um you know to be able to step forward and, 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 um, and make is, certain choices mm-hmm. part of it is internally saying 
is this the right timing in the right place? Is this something that I'm worth, that I'm willing to fall on my sword for, lose my career for, get demoted for, get excluded mm-hmm. for, or not? Mm-hmm. Um, or is there another way that I can do this uh, by joining forces with others or using my influence in a different way? I, I, I have worked with international companies that struggle when it comes to doing business in some countries where bribes are uh, literally the currency <laughs> of yeah. doing business and getting contracts. And so you can say in your mission statement and your values, you know, we don't do that. Uh, but then it bumps up against a dilemma about we want to do business and there's such potential for great sales and revenues and opportunities in this country. How do we do that and stick with our values or do we choose not to? Very hard. In terms of sexual harassment, I've done a lot of work with uh, perpetrators and victims and witnesses and um, the same kind of thing. Do I speak up? Uh, Is that going to keep me from uh, attaining the greatest level in this organization that I aspire to get to? Um, So should I just keep my mouth shut? Wow. Hard stuff. Yeah, so when you when you talk, when you speak about the stomach um of a of leadership um or the stomach of a leader, you know, those you know, getting to the you know, you know, the guts of, of a situation, that that's really hard stuff. It's that's really hard. hard stuff. So, um, you know, do you two work with people um in groups as well as individually? Because I can see situations where um, especially when you talk about cultural diversity and, and globalization, which is so huge, um, you know, such a huge topic. But, you know, dealing with people who are not like me, <laughs> you know, and, and, and my expectations that, um, you know, everybody does business the way I do business or mm-hmm. everybody thinks the way I think, and, and, and that's just not the case. Um, and, um, you know, um, I can see where... Um, you know, being able to uh, develop or enhance skills um, in in the area of the stomach um, is very useful. Mm-hmm. So when you work we, with we uh, created, w- yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Sorry. Now I was going to say, so do you work with people individually as well as um, as as you know in group settings around you know those issues? Well, we have individual coaching practices, so we do mm-hmm. that for um, for people separately. But we together we created um, a retreat called uh, Leadership Anatomy 101 that is rock awesome, I gotta say. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, we would be excited for somebody to call us and say they wanted us to bring that to their organization, or um, you know, wouldn't we, Dwayne? Yes, and, and we both have, have lots of experience uh, working with groups, large groups, small groups, uh, right. and a great comfort level with that. In fact, you know, that that's kind of my lifeblood. I love that stuff because it yeah, keeps me, me on the edge. <laughs> I, I, wow. I believe together we have close to 60 years' experience working yeah. with yeah. organizations and, uh, and individuals, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, sounds, sounds, um, sounds you know, really one good. The, one of the things, mm-hmm. Katrina, that we, we also did for this particular body part of the show <clears throat> was talk about brave things that we have witnessed uh, from people 
and foolish things. Uh, mm. What what would foolishness look like, Patty? Do you mind telling a, a story about that? Um, sure. Let me think. What we talked about, like tonight. like uh, about Tom Wall, because I know that's one oh, of those oh, about oh, mergers. Okay. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Um, you know there was a. Uh, uh, I I had the privilege of working on a on an organizational merger for Catholic Charities Cleveland. Um, that was merging together 24 individual small agencies in eight counties into a single system of service, and mm. um, and and Tom Wall, the the leader of that uh, initiative and organization at the time, I was mentored under him, and just I learned about I learned about both shoulders responsibility and courage um, from him that was just beyond. Uh, imagine it. I mean, he was. It was just. It was just really cool. But this poor man used to take an absolute beating in every one of these initial meetings. And we know that organizationally, change is just very difficult for people to accept. And mm-hmm. and it was really. It was really punishing to watch. My job was to be the. He he did listening sessions throughout the counties to find out what were the strengths, uh, what were the needs, so that he could create basically a cradle-to-grave service continuum in all these ca- counties. And and um, and people just beat the snot out of him in every <laughs> in every meeting. And and um, and I just I, I learned uh, the importance of the leader um, being the one that that sends the the um, the the message no matter how um uncomfortable that would be and to just be able to handle um that and he walked away and was the coolest thing because it it has to do with your conscience if you know that that the direction you're taking the organization is for their better, best interests kind of like god it's like we can go through trials and and tribulations but as a leader you have to you have to have the courage to take them through the tough times, to take them through the waters, mm-hmm. because you know that when you're on the other side, it's a better place, and they don't see it yet. You know, so he just he just took that he took it, and I just said, um, you know, how can you handle that? Like with so much grace and so much dignity, and and he said two things that I'll never forget. One, I know that it's in their best interest, and I know that where we're going is going to save us because he knew economic mm. times were going to come, and if we didn't do this, Catholic Charities would be in, in danger of just all of these little places would be in danger of being absolutely gone, and it was totally for their best interest. So he knew that at the core of his, his being, that the direction he was taking these organizations was the right place to go. Um, and he and the second thing he said is that um, that they're not attacking me, they're attacking an idea they don't understand. So he was able to not take it personally. He was able to sleep at night even after being beat up all day long. I mean, you, you do not know the level of hostility that he had to face in these meetings. And he could sleep like a baby at the end of the night because he let it bounce off and say, they're angry and I love the passion because I can work with that. If they were apathetic, I'd be in trouble. But they had passion. Wow. And he was like, it's okay. I can sleep at night with great with great confidence that they weren't attacking me personally they were attacking an idea they didn't understand and um wow. and it was amazing learning it was amazing learning it was both a learning in shoulders responsibility and it was also a later uh, in stomach and courage 
Wow. So, and and he became like an organizational hero when they get did get through. Uh, things were cut, and the organization was much more stable. And they go, I get it now. You know, wow. I, I get it. Thank you, thank you for taking us through this. Wow. So, and that had to take. Was, did that was that a period of months or a period of three years? Three years. Three years, and at the end of it, they had created eighty-four new service services and twenty-four million dollars of revenue. Wow. So it was wow. so critically important. So, for example, um, you know, if Lake County was the expert in adoption services and Geauga County didn't have any adoption services, they they learned to mentor each other. They they became a team that that learned to 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 strengthen the weaknesses in the system by sharing the the strengths, and they became the mentor. So now that that county had adoption services, and this one had elder care, and that. That one was stronger in children's services so that truly every county had all the boxes filled, whereas, you know, before he did that, each little agency just was good at their little thing. And he knew that for security's sake, they had to have more to offer their their communities to be safe. And um, it was just it was just really cool. And thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. You know, and also, when you talk about courage, doesn't always look like a super, superhero. Tom, I think, in that situation, humble. could be. Humble. Oh, could, right. He, I mean, he was humble, but he, I mean, he really was a hero in terms of how that all turned out and his his uh, perseverance. But sometimes we talk about the courage showing up in other ways, like it's more quiet, like nonviolence, uh, or it's mm. about keeping one's mouth shut, giving grace, I think. Patty just used right. the word grace. Uh, taking, taking the high road. So it's not always flashy and obvious and explicit, um, but it, it's there are other ways to display the courage. And then we talked on this particular show and about the stomach um, when it's foolish. So it's foolish about saying yes to the request from the boss or investors, board, right. customers, kids, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and moving ahead with uh, you know, tactically, but without any kind of strategy or planning. Um, right, right. When your when your gut says, eh, you know, we really should slow down and do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I talk about business tums. You know, like tums for your mental indigestion. Um, mm-hmm. um, think about, you know, what makes me queasy? It was reporting to the press, mm-hmm. to the Wall Street, to investors, board members, to my kids, and mm-hmm. often our antidote to that is to cover up. The discomfort with eating food, too much food, drinking, um, excessive exercise, drugs, other addictive kinds of behaviors. And for me, business tums looks like coaching, mentoring, advice and guidance from a similar person in a similar position, a spiritual advisor, those kinds of things, which will truly give relief for the, uh, the mental indigestion. Interesting. And I'm hearing that um, leadership can be very painful at times. Mm. Mm-hmm. Make you sick. Do you think we should do a couple of the do's and don'ts so that the listeners get an idea of how this format ends up? And we've got an echo. We've got an echo on the, sh- on the line, and I'm not sure where it's coming from. Um. Well, I don't hear the echo, so is it coming I from do. me? Okay, good. Okay, good. 
I I don't know what to do about that. Sorry. Okay. All right. Um. Um. I'm gonna lower my own volume. Okay, I'm gonna lower mine. Okay. Is that better? Patty, do you do a couple do's and, couple do's and don'ts? Yeah. If, well, it's up to Katrina. Do we have time for that? Oh. Well, well, what I what I really would like to um, kind of talk a little bit about because you were going to talk about two different body parts, and so Patty, you had mentioned the shoulders of a leader, right? And, and if you could kind of you know talk a little bit about that, then that would be pretty awesome. Okay, um, one of the reasons that Dwayne and I wanted to talk about the stomach and the shoulders today is that most people. Think about the. They know about thinking strategically. They know about listening and and vision and you know serving and 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 we wanted to talk about some body parts that people don't think about that often. And another one would that that would have been good to talk about would have been the neck because we don't think about being flexible. We don't think about you know that stuff. Um, but that's really the reason that we said, hey, Katrina, ask us about these two. Um, it's not that they're better than any of the others, but it's just that you know we don't. It's just not we don't think about them. So um, mm-hmm. you know, and there and you will hear as we talk about the shoulders that there is a connection not just to what we just talked about in stomach, but also um, you know in that there would be a connection in hands and servant and heart and passion all that. I mean, you can hopefully you can see just from a body part standpoint because it's obvious what these things do. Um, that they're that they are interconnected, but um, uh, so the the shoulders are really about bearing the responsibility and knowing when what is the most responsible type. How to know when is it appropriate for me to be responsible and take responsibility, and when is it appropriate for me to not take responsibility? When is taking responsibility a bad thing as a leader? And so that's kind of the, the, the push and the pull is what we focused on the most when we talked about that um, that body part. But I would be absolutely remiss if I did not say, Dwayne, hit us with the language. <laughs> I have just been waiting in the wings for that, Patty. I know, I know. So, all right, so I won't do that. them. I won't do them all, but things like looking over your shoulder, stand shoulder to shoulder, shrug it off, has strong shoulders, has a chip on his shoulder, a, ch- a shoulder to cry on, um, put your head up and your shoulders back. <clears throat> Those kinds of phrases. There you go. Okay, so. Um, what what I wanted to talk about was um, what leaders should take responsibility for. And in general, we want to say that um, everybody uh, – I want to share um, uh, Barry Oshry's model that by lack of – he didn't call it anything. So, And I don't even know that he thinks of it so much as a model as much as I do, but in his Seeing Systems book, Barry Oshry talks about top, middles, and bottoms. And what he's talking about is that every day we are a top, a middle, and a bottom in our everyday going around, you know, at work and whatever. So um, an executive director, for example, can be a top to his organization, but he can be a middle or a bottom to his board that he works uh, Mm -hmm. for. Um, You can be be a bottom 
just because you're doing your job, your day-to-day expectations, and from that respond, you have to you have to um, um, you know be accountable to someone for that specific work. So um, we can only relate, therefore, to one level above and one level below. So organizations that are complex and have many, 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 many levels, there's blind spots, all kinds of blind spots. Okay. So we want to talk about that in terms of understanding what the pressures and roles are of each of those levels so that you know what is your responsibility for each of those levels. So, um, you know, the tops, for example, are responsible for providing vision to the organization. The middles are responsible for developing the staff and making sure that everybody is, like, ready for the next level and and the and the middle and the bottoms are responsible for the personal execution state, for example, of what it is that they need to do. So, what what I wanted to say is that from um, that that there are organizations, healthy organizations, that um, that actually mix up these roles, and it, and it, and it, it's connected absolutely with courage at the mm-hmm. stomach. So, for example, it is always the top person, respectively's responsibility to send bad news. It is a terrible, terrible disservice to an organization when the person that's supposed to talk, when you have to hear through the grapevine, which is a bottom-level infrastructure, that people are getting laid off. That is a horrible, horrible, and it's obviously connected to the mouth and communication. But it, it shows a lack of responsibility. It shows a lack of courage when you hear through the grapevine that something really bad is happening to the organization. So all messages related to major organizational change belong to the top and that it should be communicated and filtered down uh, one level at a time um, very carefully and very respectfully, and um, and so, you know, that's why it was important in our example with Tom uh, Wall that it was him that went personally to these listening sessions and said, I'm telling you where we're headed and you tell me what your concerns are so that as we plan, I can make sure that I'm incorporating your concerns. Because you're right, I don't know your organization as well as you do, but I need to know enough so that I can respectfully include what's important to you in this plan. And um, and so they did not realize that what he was doing was an appropriate level of of leadership responsibility at the time, but it absolutely was. He did not delegate that to somebody else. He didn't help somebody with lesser um, seniority that they had to tell the bad news. He didn't say to the site director in Geauga County, you tell them what's going on. He didn't do that because that would have been a shirking of of appropriate levels of responsibility. So so we talk about that a bit, and then I want to talk a little bit about what the opposite of that is. And that's when a leader does does not develop or trust their staff well enough that they do not train them up to be able to take appropriate levels of responsibility themselves when that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so what you want to do is allow people to fail 
and you have to gauge this responsibly. You have to say, what's the worst thing that will happen if this person fails because people learn from their own failures more than they learn from me telling you what to do right or wrong? And so the other thing is, when is it appropriate for me to let go of the reins and let you take responsibility and you fail if necessary and to know when it's politically and uh, organizationally wise to let somebody else learn from that experience and take responsibility and when it's completely political suicide or organizational suicide to do that. Wow. I'm telling you, this um, it all sounds like, um, you know, good information. Um, I, you know, this this has been such a learning experience, um, such a learning experience. Patty, tell us, if we want to learn more about the anatomy um, of a, uh, or leadership anatomy 101 and we want to go to um, Blog Talk in order to access those archives, how can we do that? Um, simply go to blogtalkradio.com um, and in the search bar, search leadership anatomy and all of our shows will pop up. And then, obviously, if anybody wants to, um, you know, have Dwayne and I come in and do a leadership anatomy workshop um, or talk or speech or or whatever you want on this um, or go into more depth with us, um, you can contact either one of us, actually. Um, uh, Do you want us to give us that? Contact information now or do you want to add it later? No, now, right? Awesome. Yeah, my... um, my website is pattysadala.com, and that's spelled uh, P-A-T-T-Y, S as in Sam, A-D as in dog, A-L-L-A-H.com, and my email is patty at pattysadala.com. And Dwayne? Yes, and for our nonprofit, the website is www.writers, W-R-I-T-E-R-S, Cup of Grace, writerscupofgrace.com. And my personal email address is W, M as in Mary, I, S, T, A, D, W, M, I, S, T, A, D, at AOL.com. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. Great fun. You're welcome. All right, well, we are going to uh, bring this edition of Positively Affirmative to a close, and we want to thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute. Um, thank you, Patty. Um, thank you, Dwayne, for uh, for being our guest. Mm-hmm. And I invite you on our show anytime. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> All right, listeners, join us every Sunday at 6.30 uh, p.m. And, and bring a friend. Bring a friend. All right, everyone, have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. Oh. 